G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Well, let's enlarge on some tragic news, breaking news out of the Middle East today, where four Wycliffe Bible translators have been murdered by militants in the Middle East. Ron Ross, who joins us regularly on a Tuesday to update these sorts of issues and breaking news coming out of the Middle East, and especially as it affects Israel. Uh, Ron Ross back with us today. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Well, Ron, this is tragic news. When you hear of servants of the Lord, people who are involved in all sorts of areas of mission, and especially those so committed to Bible translation, and uh, this news today that four Wycliffe Bible translators murdered by militants in the Middle East, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the situation around those four? Well, Wycliffe have issued a statement, and they said a raid took place in the translator's office, Two of the translators were shot and killed, while another two died of wounds from being beaten. Uh, These last two managed to protect and save the lead translator by lying on top of him while the militants beat them with uh, now their empty weapons. The militants also destroyed translating equipment, including print-on-demand equipment, books and translation materials. Uh, The one praise report to come out of it, Whitcliffe says the militants did not destroy the computer hard drives containing translation work for eight language projects. They praised the Lord for this blessing and requested prayer from the families of the slain, uh, for the families of the slain translators. Whitcliffe also asked for prayer to God to raise up new translators to carry on this kind of work. In a quote, they said, will you pray with me for the injured translated? Uh, Pray for others to step up and take on the translation task. Please ask the Lord to mend the hearts and wounds of the translation team who have gone through this horrible ordeal. Pray that God will strengthen their minds, their hearts and their bodies to be able to continue the translation of the gospel for their people. In addition, Whitcliffe asked for prayers for the killers. Pray, they said, for the killers too. Pray for those whose hearts are so hard. Pray the Lord will open their eyes to what they've done. Please ask the Lord to meet them, each one, right where they are. Pray that he will show himself merciful, that they will know his forgiveness, his love, and his peace. Uh, This story hits home for us because our son-in-law, Steve Grace, is a son of uh, Wycliffe. His mum and dad were heroes in Wycliffe. And uh, so it's a very uh, poignant story. 
Ron, it is a stark reminder, isn't it, that being a servant of the Lord and taking that Great Commission seriously can be one of the most dangerous pursuits on earth and uh, certainly uh, honouring those four who have fallen as they have served the Lord in that uh, Bible translation ministry. Yeah, it's very much a reminder for us who live in relatively peaceful and calm circumstances to be standing in the gap and praying for those who are on the mission field and in the front line. And we have many Christians in those circumstances and they really need the army of the Lord behind them. There's plenty of other news coming out of the Middle East too. Uh, Ron, let me ask you about what's happening in Turkey. Turkish police hunting ISIS militants who are said to be planning all sorts of insensational attacks against the Turkish people. Yeah, this comes out of the attack at the weekend, and uh, the Israeli uh, Secret Service have provided the information that says that there's tremendous turmoil in Turkey at the moment. Uh, Three members that they're chasing, and I have their names, uh, ISIS-affiliated cell members, and the local news agency say that uh, police are on the hunt. On Saturday, the attack killed two Israeli-Americans, an Israeli and Iranian, in Istanbul's busiest pedestrian shopping street. And uh, the Israelis uh, are investigating whether the reason for the attack was to kill the Israelis. Uh, but there's been a, um, a major upheaval in Turkey, and the uh, Prime Minister is doing all kinds of... Well, the Israelis say he's, he's committing a boomerang. Uh, a year ago, uh, Septup Erdogan's AKP party failed to win over 50% in the national elections, and he's had to form a coalition with a right-wing party who believe that he's not forceful enough in the struggle with the Kurds. And until those elections, the Turkish government had been conducting peace talks with the Kurdish minority, including its militant wing, the PKK. But since then, and the, uh, uh, the teaming up with the right-wing group, they've been taking on terrorists, and now Turkey find themselves in pretty much an all-out war fighting all kinds of terrorists. Uh, in Syria, Turkey does not dare send its planes over the border for fear of having them down by uh, jets and air defence batteries Erdogan right now is making do with an artillery bombardment in a desperate attempt to prevent the, Kur- to prevent the Kurds in Syria, and uh, 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 he's in a difficult situation and in recent times has been reaching out for support uh, from his Israel cohorts, and in the past they've been enemies, of course. Ron, let's give some attention to Iran and their role in the nation of Syria. You've got Iranian military officials now saying commandos and snipers are to be sent into Syria. Yeah, I've been trying to think of the way to describe what's happening in Syria right now. It's a bit like a a high-wire act. Uh, President Vladimir Putin announced removal of most of his troops from Syria Uh, But now the Iranians are saying that they're preparing uh, elite commandos and snipers uh, to actually go into combat in Syria and Iraq. They said at some point we might decide to use our commandos and snipers as advisors in Iraq and Syria. And there's grave concern that uh, uh, things are not going well for the Iranians in the uh, Syrian civil war. 
According to Iran's FARS news agency, the high-ranking military official who uh, announced all this stressed that the government in Tehran is providing military advice to Syrian President Bashar al-Assad's regime in addition to humanitarian aid. Israel's President Reuven Rivlin met during the week with President Vladimir Putin in Moscow and presented him with policies that the Israel security forces and government approved and warned that Israel will not tolerate Iran and Hezbollah establishing a foothold along Israel's border in the Golan Heights. He actually said this is a red line for Israel and uh, they will not be able to occupy that area. And it's very interesting to see that overnight uh, the Russians have warned the United States they will actually resume forceful activities in Syria unless the U.S. does its job. Uh, they've warned the United States that they're not controlling the ceasefire. They've accused the U.S. of dragging their feet. Uh, a top Russian general said at the weekend that further delays are leading to civilian casualties, like in Aleppo, where 67 civilians reportedly have been killed by militant fire since the truth star uh, truce started. There's been some relief uh, during the uh, uh, ceasefire, but a UN report today says that that relief has mainly been in areas that support Bashar al-Assad and hasn't been much relief at all uh, for the rebel-held areas. Well, significant things happening there, particularly around and within that nation of Syria. Let's uh, let's finish our conversation today on a high note, Ron. Uh, the Jewish celebration of Purim tomorrow and Thursday, and Israel about to erupt in joy and celebration. Yeah, I can't help but smile. Every year that we lived in Jerusalem, we really did look forward to Purim. In the book of Esther, chapter 9, verse 22, it says, Remember this month as a time when our sorrow was turned to joy and celebration took the place of crying. Celebrate by having parties and by giving to the poor and by sharing gifts of food with each other. In the book of Esther, of course, we know that the wicked Persian Prime Minister uh, Haman plotted to kill all the Jews. Esther confronted the king and he reversed that edict and uh, saved the Jewish people. And uh, that story has been repeated generation after generation in the history of the Jewish, the Jewish people. And quite frankly, for the uh, next two days, which is the Purim celebration, they will go wild. Toy store owners in Jerusalem have decided to limit the sale of toy and toy guns and knives while customers in Tel Aviv said they were refraining from purchasing exploding accessories. But I remember girls walking around with bright pink hair, uh, purple hair, people dressed in clown uniforms, and I've recently written an article on my blog called Purim, Esther and Hidden Truth. And it's very interesting that the, the word God doesn't appear in the book of Esther. And when you ask the Jewish rabbis, why is this so, they teach that the idea of reading Esther and the survival of the Jewish people is not to see the name God written, but to understand that he is there. And in many times in our lives, things happen, and we put it down to good luck or good fortune, when it's actually the hand of God working circumstances in our favour. And that's how the Jewish people treat these next couple of days in their celebration, that indeed it's worthy of joy because God is with them. 
Well, certainly great to understand the way God's providence works in the life of his people. And uh, we can, of course, translate that to the way his providence works in our lives today. It's always good getting your insights, Ron Ross. And uh, certainly with Easter on the way, uh, Good Friday just ahead, uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day. I know you'll be giving glory to the Lord for those things. And I know that uh, there'll be all sorts of celebrations for pilgrims who are uh, on their way to Jerusalem. And and uh, we'll enjoy those uh, celebrations there as they remember the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, Ron, just great getting your insights as usual. Thank you so much for being with us today on 2020. My pleasure. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.